0: If you've got a Bible with you today, or on your phone or iPad, turn with me to the book of Acts. We're going to read a few verses, starting chapter 1, verse 1. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and to teach, till the day in which he was taken up after he threw the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 8, but you shall receive power. Everyone say, receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and after that you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the... Earth, Acts chapter two, verse one. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all one accord in one place. And suddenly, everyone says, suddenly, yeah. there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, one set upon each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Over the last few years. I've become increasingly aware that the Christianity that most Western churches and Christians are experiencing, including me and probably most of you, bears very limited resemblance to what I see in the early church and in the New Testament and in the book of Acts. This is troubling me more and more and more. The most significant differences I see between today's church, today's Christians, and what I read in the book uh, is a lack uh, of supernatural power and miracles on a regular basis. I I don't see the radical uh, multitudes being saved and transformed. I don't see enough people being uh, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. I don't see the same dimension of love and caring that I see in the early church. And so, friends, what I want to do over the next while is to begin a look at the book of Acts, which I believe gives us the blueprint of what Christianity is meant to look like in your life, in my life and in the church. Friends, we cannot be satisfied with what is a short, a far short of what God planned and intended for your life and for my life as well. And so I've been asking the question, what has happened? How have we gone from here to where we are today? The early church changed the world. Today's church is being changed by the world. You got that? Women have changed the world, friends. But the world has crept its way into the church. AD 70, Jesus' mission looked like a colossal failure. He'd barely spread the gospel beyond the borders of Palestine. His leaders were unschooled and ordinary. They deserted Jesus in fear in His time of need. And yet, inexplicably, The Christian faith spread like wildfire (laughs) across the known world. And you ask again the question, how did that happen? What brought this to pass? And of course, the book of Acts gives us the answer. Now, as we read in Acts chapter one and verse eight, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses everywhere, all over the place. Don't rush past this familiar verse. You think, "Ah, yeah, I know that verse. Yeah, you know it, but have you experienced it? You know it, but is it a reality in your life? So filled with the Holy Spirit that you are transforming the world around you. You see, friends, we, we tend to rush past this familiar verse But Jesus said, we're going to receive it to to, uh, the power to live the Christian life, but also to be witnesses. See, it's the Holy Spirit that transformed ordinary believers into a force that changed the world. And we live in a time, I believe, when the task we have feels unattainable. We look at our nation and we think, man, how on earth can we ever get the job done? It's a bit like AD 70 all over again. You know, most uh, parts of the West, the gospel is seen as irrelevant. It's seen as out of step with the times, uh, and the West churches seem to be declining. I wanna, I'm here to say to you today that the solution is the same solution that Jesus gave them 2,000 years ago. You need to be baptized afresh with the Holy Ghost and power Because without that, friends, nothing is going to move, nothing is going to shake, nothing is going to change. Because, see, effectively, if you read through Acts, Jesus was saying to His disciples, He said, Don't go anywhere. Don't even try and be my witness until you are truly baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. You know, a a baptism that has changed your life a baptism that is consumed with the presence and the person and the power of God. He said, without that, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna happen. It's gonna be a battle, it's gonna be a struggle. You know, he said, wait for the promise of the Father. Not just any promise, the promise. The promise of the Father. See, the Old Testament, you can research this, it's got 8,000 promises. Do you know they say that there's one promise for every three verses? This is a book of promises. But they were to wait for the promise. And I wanna suggest, as commentators do, that this, the promise, includes all the other promises. So Jesus said, wait, wait for the promise. Because that promise is the key to experiencing all the other promises of God, all 8,000 just in the Old Testament, let alone those that you find in the New Testament. Wait for that promise. See, the 120, they knew what it meant to be clothed with the Spirit. In Judges 15, 14 to 15, the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon Samson, watch this, and with the jawbone of a donkey, he killed a thousand men. They knew what it was like to be clothed with the power of the Spirit of God. See, when you are truly anointed of God, the impossible becomes easy. The supernatural is almost automatic because you are clothed with such tremendous anointing and power of the Holy Ghost. And that's what God wants to do, again, friends, in your life and also in my life. Life. They knew about Gideon, the story of Gideon, Judges. Uh, sorry, that wasn't Judges, but when Gideon, the Spirit of God, came upon Gideon and he defeated an entire army with the Spirit of God. They knew when Samuel came and anointed David with the Holy Spirit, with the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God came upon David and he went out and won victory after victory after. We look at David and admire him. Friends, don't admire David, admire the Holy Spirit that was in David that helped him to win victory after victory after victory. You are no different from David. You get anointed of the Holy Spirit and you're gonna win victory after victory after victory as well. And then he went out. When everyone else ran away, David slew Goliath. Looked him in the face. He said, you come to me with a spear and a javelin and all the rest. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of God almighty. And this day I'll feed you to the birds of the air. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have courage, yeah, you have boldness, yeah. you are fearless. In the face of opposition, and the face of challenges, friends, you stand strong because it's the Spirit of the Lord that makes us bold. See, it transformed the early disciples. They were one minute fearful, the next minute they had such boldness and courage that it was unbelievable. What changed? They didn't change. They didn't go read a book on courage. They didn't go to a seminar on courage. They didn't listen to them and talk about courage. They got filled with the Holy Spirit, friends. That gave them the courage. That changed their life. That's what transformed them. When the Holy Spirit comes, friends, it is... ...meaning to me. I'll tell you why. About two years ago, approximately, God spoke to me as clear as a bell. And he said, Tark, I'm sending you the promise of the Father. I know the Holy Spirit is on His way. I know we have Him in a measure, but I'm talking about the fullness of the Spirit, the life-changing power of the Spirit of God coming on you and coming on me, coming upon the church. That's how we will change our world. That's how we'll change our families, change our streets, change our workplaces when the Spirit comes upon Friends, the reality is we can't do it. We are useless. Tell the person next to you, you are useless. (laughs) Isn't it true? You are useless. But with the Holy Spirit upon you, you are incredible. You are a nation changer, a world shaker, a mountain mover, (laughs) a Goliath defeater. Sins, friends, you see, this is the issue. we got to get our eyes off ourselves and get it onto the God and the Spirit who is within us. But we need a whole lot more of the Spirit within us. See, the central player in the early church was not actually great leaders. really wasn't even the apostles. It was someone else. It was the Holy Spirit. And you see, when we give Him center stage, not the preacher, not the song leader, no one else, we will see the power of God like never before. We will see transformation, not just information. People will leave different. It's even called, the the book of Acts, actually called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. It's not so much of the apostles and the leaders and all that. It's the Acts of the Holy Spirit who is inside each and every one of the believers in the early church. The book of Acts, the Acts of the Holy Spirit was all about Him. When the church, once again, becomes all about Him, all about Him, all about Jesus, all about the Saviour, not about me, not about you, not about a celebrity preacher, not about a miracle worker, not about an apostle, not about an organisation, not about a church, not about Church Unlimited, when it becomes all about Him, all about Him, friends, we will see the power of God because we'll give Him the praise and we'll give Him the glory. Friends, I am so, my counters that I've been having over recent years, it's so deep within my spirit that friends, it must now be about Jesus. It must now be about Him. It can't be about a man. I didn't go to the cross for anybody, nor did you, nor did anyone else. Only one person went to the cross. His name is Jesus. The day of the superstar is over. You've heard me say it before, there is only one superstar and his name is? Jesus. His name is? Jesus. His name is? Jesus. His name is Jesus. When the church becomes all about him, watch out, everything is gonna change. This preacher tells us about the story he's going to a service. Holy Spirit said, I love this. He said, uh, can I have a look at your program? And he says to the preacher, and the preacher said, it was as real as a human voice. The Holy Spirit said to him, where do I appear on the program? (laughs) Do you like that? He said, in the early church, I was given a prominent place. I see you've got a good selection of songs. Glorious, never gonna stop singing. Great are you, Lord. Revive, great. It's probably not the same songs he had. And he says, but where am I? He said, ever since you've come here, you've marginalized me. You've given me no room to work supernaturally. The preacher responded and said, Holy Spirit, from now on, you're on whenever you want to be on. Do you know what happened? God went on to use that preacher in tremendous supernatural ways. Listen carefully. The Holy Spirit wants his church back. We've got to get out of the way and let him have his way. Because I reckon he'll do a better job than I can do. Anyone agree with that? Do a better job than you can do, that's for sure. We've got to get out of the way and let him have his church back. I love what Smith, Smith Wigglesworth, it's a difficult name, isn't it? What he said, and he's the man moved in the power of God in this nation, probably more than almost anybody there's been. He said this, you will never get anywhere except you are in constant pursuit of all the power of God. You will never get anywhere until you are in constant pursuit of all the power of God. Now, just think about that for a moment, friends. Why would that be true? Because it's true because, friends, without the power, we cannot live the Christian life. We just can't do it. You might say, well, it's all about prayer, it's all about relationship with God, it's all about you know, reaching the Lord. Yes, it is all about that, but you'll never do it without the power. So we need the power. Jesus said, "You know, hey, wait in Jerusalem, don't go anywhere till you've got the power, the power of the Holy Spirit. So we need to be in constant. That's why tonight, with our hour of power, we're gonna be running after, and it won't just be tonight, the power of God, because we gotta pursue this with an intensity and a passion like I believe we've never had before. Wigglesworth goes on to tell the story of this man who was a slave to alcohol and nicotine. And maybe you're a slave to something else. What is your addiction? What is your struggle? What is your battle today? We all have got some battles. So Wigglesworth prayed in the name of Jesus and he cast the evil powers that gave a man a taste for these things. The man was completely set free and gave his life to Jesus Christ because one reason is he had seen the reality of the power of Almighty God changing and transforming his life. I'm looking forward to seeing a whole lot more people, lives radically changed by encounters with Jesus Christ and being prayed for. We need the power of God. So, start of a new year, I'm in a reset mode. I push the reset button. It can no longer be business as usual in church because that will give us the same results. How many of you are happy with the results so far? Don't put your hand up. <laughs> you cannot. You cannot. Our nation is going to hell in a hang basket, to quote Winky Prattney. We cannot be satisfied. So it cannot be business as usual. We have to shift the narrative. We have to change the way we do things. We have to reach out to God more than ever before. You know, you've heard me say it once, you've heard me say it many times, I'm done with words. 1 Corinthians 4.20, the kingdom of God is not not in word but in power. Don't give me another sermon, give me some power. Change my life, don't give me another song. Give me the presence and the power of Almighty God. I've had enough. Friends, I've had enough. I mean, this is coming out of my times with God. I cannot, this cannot go on much longer. We have got to shift it. We've got to bring the power of God. We've got to bring the Holy Spirit back into the church and see life change, see my life change, see your life change and get rid of religion and see the presence and power of Almighty God. Habakkuk 2. Two to three, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. The end it will speak and will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come, it will not tarry. I'm writing a new vision for Church Unlimited for this year and for the coming years. And the vision is a return to New Testament Christianity and the early church and the book of Acts. That's the vision. That's the vision, friends. That is the vision. It's clear. If you don't know what it looks like, read the book of Acts. It's all in there, friends. We have to get back to only, we're only after what God has said and what God has promised anyway. Friends, the book of Acts, what he offered us right from the beginning, this is how it is meant to be. And so that's what we wanna go after and we wanna pursue that. And one of the reasons, friends, that this burns in my heart is very simple. I see the tremendous needs, struggles, battles, heartaches, sicknesses, relationship breakdowns in Church Unlimited, across the church, and also all across our society and in our nation. And friends, I want to see God turn up to meet the needs of His broken and struggling people who are often, you know, really doing it so hard and doing it so tough. And friends, I struggle to see this week in and week out. And we pray for some people, nothing changes. We pray for an addiction and nothing changes. We pray for a sickness and the person doesn't get healed. Friends, we've got to change that narrative. That's why I have a burden. It's really for you and the people around you and our society and our nation, friends. And I believe it's the heart of God. One of the things God showed me at my times of prayer over the holidays, Well, it says incredible love for the unsaved and and their needs and their pains. I don't think Jesus says, get saved and then I'll heal you. He'll heal them anyway because He loves them so much. That's the love of God reaching out far and wide. He loves this world, friends. That's why He left heaven and died upon a cross. I want to preach a gospel that really works. Seriously, folks. A God who's real, I mean real. A God who answers prayer, who works miracles. You see the Christian walk, listen really carefully. The Christian walk without the power of the Holy Spirit is a great struggle. We are trying to obey the commands of scripture, which we should. We're trying to walk in holiness. And I conclude, me? And obedience, but without the power to do so. What happens? We end up defeated, depressed, disillusioned, deflated, discontented, and ready to quit. But I'm here to say to you, don't quit because the Holy Spirit is going to come in power. And we will change what we're seeing and what we're experiencing today. Now, I'm not making light of living right and uh, obedience and all the rest of it, but my Bible says in Zechariah 4, verse 6, if you need another verse, it's not by might. You can't do this with self-discipline. If you're struggling with pornography, you can't say, I won't watch it, I won't watch it, I won't watch it, please don't watch it. But it doesn't work. You need the power. You need God to help you to change, friends, and be transformed. And so we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to the church. We have to get back the power of God. As Bill Johnson said, our mandate is simple. Raise up a generation that can openly display the raw power of God. That's why we're going to pray for this group tonight. But we're going to pray for every group as well. You see, every generation and the next generation, I believe, also must know the power of God if they're gonna have a strong faith, overcome the enticements of the world, which are incredible now, they're unbelievable, and defeat the powers of darkness. So we will anoint with oil tonight. I love what Ern Baxter said. Always preach the divine ideal. Because in doing so, you will not only bring yourself into it, but others also. But what's a divine ideal? Just preach the Bible, cover to cover. Don't leave out parts just because you're not experiencing them, which we're doing a little bit today. You gotta preach the whole gospel, because in the end, you you get what you preach. And so we we need to, to go for the divine ideal, and that's what I'm presenting you today, is the divine ideal, but it's also the divine reality of what God wants to do for you and also wants to do for me. I love what John G. Lake said. Sorry, John G. Lake. He tells of a man with cancer on his face. <laughs> Listen to the story. And so this man turns up John G. Lake's place, wants to get healed. There's a terrible cancer, big cancer on his face. Before John G. Lake can pray for him, the six-year-old girl, anyone got a six-year-old? The six-year-old girl climbs onto the man's knees, puts her hands on his face, Praise for the cancer, and John G. Lake and his team all watch as the cancer totally disappears by the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you got children under the age of ten, ten 10 or younger, yeah? Okay, well, some of them are gonna minister in the power of God. Some of them are. Now you might say, wow, isn't that amazing? Only six. Hold on a minute six-year-old has the same Holy Spirit as you have. Same Holy Spirit as I have. Why should we be surprised? Well, we're surprised if we're looking at the person and not the Holy Spirit. And that's the big mistake we make all the time. We keep looking at who's praying for me. No, no, we we want the Holy Spirit doing a work in our lives. It doesn't matter so much who prays for you. Get your eyes off man and get our eyes on Jesus. It's what we've been saying all along, friends. Great having David and Greta in our service this morning. There, I mean, they're, they're one example of people who minister in the power of God. What a desperate need for our nation right now. Keep it up, guys. Keep giving it everything you've got because you will see greater and greater miracles. I have no doubt about that at all. Raise the dead. Just throw that one out for good measure. Well, it's in here, isn't it? Unless we look at the apostles, well, they can raise the dead. I've read stories of others who do this, friends. Just get our eyes off ourselves and onto Jesus. Or right, I'm gonna say something that might shake you up a little bit now, if you're not shaken already. If we are really honest, for many of us, our baptism in the Holy Spirit has resulted in speaking in tongues, but has not come with the dimension and measure of the power of the Spirit that I see in the book of Acts and what the disciples and the apostles experienced. So we say we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, and yes we are, and I don't want to diminish that, friends, but we need a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost and the fire of God to come in our hearts and come in our lives. And so tonight, we're gonna be praying, and I'm already praying. I'm saying, God, I am not satisfied. God, I can't continue with what I've got. I'm asking for a fresh baptism of the Spirit of God upon my life. You see, when God fills Samson in the Old Testament with the Holy Spirit, he conquered an army. When God filled the early church with the Holy Spirit, they conquered the world. When God fills His church again with the Holy Spirit, friends, we will transform nation. We will transform communities. We will see the outbreak of God. Well, as we see it in the book of Acts and has been repeated over and over throughout history for many, many years and centuries. So my time is gone. I never get through my messages these days, do I? Yeah, Never mind. Never mind. So I just kind of start to wrap this up. The 120 waited in the upper room. They knew there was no point in starting until they had power from on high. They understood the secret of success was the promise of the Father. But friends, for you and me, we prefer not to wait. Do you know what we prefer to do? we got something on. A few, few minutes of prayer. Quick, pray, someone pray. Maybe two minutes. Eight. If we stretch it out, maybe five. <laughs> All right, if we're on fire, we might go to seven or eight minutes. And then we say, now let's get on with it. What, get on with it? What, without the power? without the presence, you know? And then the real question is, at the end of what you did, how many lives were transformed? How many people were truly impacted by God? Or did you just do a good meeting? Did you just do a good gathering? Wait, wait for the promise of the Father. Pray, cry out to God longer than your meeting is gonna last. That would be a good, that's a good one, isn't it? So if your meeting is, is 30 minutes, you've got to pray longer than 30 minutes. Thank you for that overwhelming response on that point. Friends, we're wasting our time. If we're just going ahead and doing stuff without waiting, without praying, without seeking God, without fasting, I'm telling you, you're wasting your time. Tell the person next to you: don't waste your time. <laughs> in your face, a hey, first Sunday back. Never mind. We've got to go, okay, I'm going to wrap this up. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with this message? To see what you've not seen before, you've got to do what you've not done before. So number one, start reading through the book of Acts. Read it through a chapter a day, and then once you've finished it, start again. I've been doing that this year. And amazingly, I was talking to Jody about it, and she said, I'm doing the same. I thought, wow, that's fantastic confirmation. And then go to another version. But all year, well, as long as we say, (laughs) as long as the Holy Spirit says, let's read through the book of Acts. So tell the person next to you, start reading the book of Acts. In Jesus' name. (laughs) Command them to do it. Don't just suggest it. Say, now read that book of Acts. (laughs) That's something we can all do, friends. Read through it. You'll be surprised because you're going to start reading miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And people being saved and set free and all the rest. It It is inspiring reading. It will build your faith. And I'll keep preaching it as well as best I can. Pray for another fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire in your life. Come on, start praying. Right now, as I'm talking, why don't you just say, God, baptize me afresh with the Holy Spirit and fire. Go on, just pray it. Just in your own heart. Mm. Yeah. Come on, God, do it. We're gonna do a bit more of that tonight. Come to every church with a massive expectation to see the Holy Spirit move in power. If we all come with that expectation, God's gonna do something. Listen to Smith Wigglesworth. God wants us so badly that He made the condition as simple as He possibly could. He said, only believe. That's all I'm asking. Believe, just believe. Believe for the power of God. Believe that God's gonna break out and only believe. Then He said this, there's something about believing God that will cause him to pass over a million people just to get to you. You start to believe, friends. God's gonna bypass a million people because he's looking for someone who will believe. Just believe, friends. You've gotta deal with that spirit of unbelief. All right, I'm over time, but I'm gonna keep going. You may be thinking that this is great for you, Pastor. Pastor but I could never see this in my life. I've struggled for years. Look, I understand how you may feel listening to this message, but I believe God has shown me the way forward. And with God's help, and as He anoints anoints me, I believe I can lead us back to the early church and actually the apostles and the New Testament Christianity. This is the start of a journey, and I will keep preaching it because, friends, and I say it again, I can't and I won't continue to preach a Christianity that does not align increasingly with the Word of God. I've been on this journey for too long. I'm begging God. I'm pleading with God. I'm I'm searching God's heart. I'm crying out to Him and said, God, I can't do this. I can't keep going on. Shift me from the arm of the flesh to the power of the Spirit. Shift me from human effort to the To the power of the Spirit of God, clothe me, anoint me, fill me, overflow me. God, I've been on this journey. I've done it faithfully as I can for as long as I can. But God, it's got to change. Tell someone next to you that has got to change. I need you and I need your faith, no matter how small it is. This may not happen overnight, but I'm telling you, we will. By the grace of God, we will get there. I've had a holiday, that's great, but that's not my passion, I'm back. Friends, I'm back, and I'm more fired up than ever before. And I'll tell you why I'm so fired up, I've seen the cloud of the power of God, the size of a man's hand, just as Elijah saw the cloud in the distant and he kept praying and he kept praying and he kept praying until that cloud grew. And then he saw there was an abundance of rain that came. And friends, that we keep praying that cloud is gonna increase and then there'll be an outbreak of the almighty power of God like we have never seen before. I have seen a cloud the size of a man's hand and as we pray into it, it will increase, it will grow. And, friends, we will get back to the book in an even greater measure because I believe the last days we're going to see more than we've ever seen before. And with that, things will change. There's a cry in my heart, friends, for God's mighty power. My final point that will be answered. Do you know why it will be answered? Do you know why this prayer will be answered, this cry will be answered? It's very simple, because God placed the cry in my heart. He placed the passion in my heart. This is not from me, friends. I probably don't really care, but God cares. And when God puts a desire and a hunger in your heart, it's because He's gonna meet it, and He's gonna fulfill it. He doesn't tease us, friends. He doesn't take us on a journey that's gonna go nowhere. He puts things in our hearts, things that He is actually going to do. We've pushed the reset button. The new normal will be breakthroughs, healings, miracles, radical salvations, community transformation, and a mighty revival in Jesus' name. God bless you.